all out. I'm going to make sure that, that the counter is going. Okay. I've been waiting all day. to. Do you guys know what day it is? Do you know what day it is? What day we're Monday? recording this? Mm. Do you remember? The 21st night of, of September. September. Yes, I, I posted that meme as well. I've been waiting all day to do that because I this is my this is my social interaction for the day. This is my a lot of time to talk to other people, uh, and and that's it. My time has expired. Thank you. This is when you human. <laughs> this is the only time. Come Come on. All right. Um, I think we're all in a bit jov or more jovial mood. Um, TNG. TNG. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> We Welcome to the Nerdfit Podcast, everyone. I'm Jeff. I'm here we with David. We are the champions, my <laughs> friend. Watch TV for an hour. We found our Graceland. <laughs> All right. And I'm here with Phil as well. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, yes. We, we I introduced you. hit the promised land? No, not you, Phil. That's all we get out of him. We finally hit TNG. Because he's, he's just he's sad because his toy broke. Thing. Yeah. Phil's trying to up our technical name, but trying to get uh, like sound sound bites, and it's it's not working. So uh, we will continue to dazzle you guys with just our voices. Sorry. Wow. Um, but yes, we are doing TNG season one, episode one, encounter at Farpoint, and two, and two. Fuck, it's one. I swear to God. To all of you out there in our listeners, Craig, tell okay. us, is this one no. episode or is everybody, it two? Everybody How online is two? Getting we have a raging debate episode. amongst the nerds. No, it premiered as one episode. How could it be two? It premiered, they showed it as one episode. Everywhere as episodes one and two. Yes, it was a double episode, it but it's episodes one and two. It was two no. hours long. It doesn't matter the length. It's one episode. Just then, like all good why, things. Then why at the top of the thing does it say TNG episode why one? Why does everyone disagree with you, Jeff? one and one zero two. one. <laughs> All, all Good Things is one episode. I didn't look at All Good Things, so I cannot comment on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll argue about that one when we get to All Good Things. Um, all, good, all Good Things is two episodes as well. Fuck no, it is. Uh, God damn it. Bow, chicka, bow, right. bow. I'm, I will die on this hill. I swear to God, I will die on this hill. 725 and 726. I will die on this hill. No, but if you go to the actual like count of the season, mm-hmm. it's just episode 25. And that and twenty six. Not a twenty six episode season. It's twenty five episode season. Read the damn thing. It says seven twenty five slash twenty six. No, but this is a yeah, twenty five. It does. Episode. It even no. has to, it even has two different production numbers. One for the first episode. The production numbers are off. If but okay, <laughs> everyone's but, wrong but, but me. No, okay. So there is a hundred and seventy six episodes in, in Next Generation. If you start adding these, then the then then the counts off. It's one. No, okay. All right. I'm I'm gonna take episodes? a breath. I'm gonna take a breath and, and I'm I'm gonna move past this. <laughs> okay. We are doing Encounter at Farpoint, the premiere episode of Next Generation. So we kind of have to get our minds around this too. Is that so? TOS had been doing some films, the show, but the show hadn't had it been off since you know '69, and this came out in. Um, so Encounter at Farpoint original air date September 26, 1987. Uh, we're recording this almost um, 33 years later. 23. 20, no, that's not right. No. 33. 30, 33 years later. Oh, you're right. 87 to 2020. Yeah, Jesus. Math is hard. Math is hard. Okay, IT guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so and I know before this, okay, well, I mean, I was, I think I was five when this came out. But as I got older, I remember people were like, you know, 
um, and I've seen those things on on YouTube pop up where where they were promoting this, and and people were like, oh, this is this is not Star Trek. You know, TOS is the original Star Trek. This is they're going to butcher it. It's going to be the death of Star Trek. Oh, and clearly, where have we heard not, where have we heard that before? Right. Huh. Yeah, and then because this ushered in the next twenty years of like the golden age, you know, multiple series and books and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's interesting to kind of look back at those and see like how, what the fan base was then and what it is now. Um, yeah, how similar they are. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously if, if you've listened to our podcast, this is uh, Phil's and I, we grew up on TNG. I think this is our favorite series. Uh, Picard is our, our captain. Um, you know. Um, yeah. Damn right. <laughs> damn. But so this is definitely a change. I mean, um, I know, and it's, it's hard cause I, there's some gems in the first season, but the first season is a little hard to get through. It's a little rough. Yeah. I'll give it that. After the well, desert we just came out of, I was just fine. <laughs> well, they, they actually did plan to recycle a lot of episodes. They want like Roddenberry wanted to use old scripts and basically he had the money and the technology now to do what he wanted with those old scripts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, which sounds kind of like some special edition treatment. Yeah, which well, if if you watch Naked Now, is basically what it is. To me, um, I I think that's a disservice because I think I think TNG as as much as there's good episodes in season one and two, I think TNG doesn't really hit its stride until season three, and yeah. then it just off for the next. Then it explodes. Yeah. yeah, and I think part of that is just because Roddenberry, I think, was still doing kind of that old school, trying to make it TOS vibe e um you know cast changes in season one into two losing yar losing uh crusher so it was yeah i I don't think it really hit its stride until until season three to all the to the people that i know that aren't star trek fans i'll just be like start at the beginning and about a year and a half from now you'll get to the good stuff you'll finally hit the stuff that's good (laughs) every time i think we get to something you guys are like a little further a little further and then it's good we gotta go another (laughs) season we got another no i mean all of trust me all of the tng episodes in my opinion are totally watchable Uh, yeah Yeah, i they're they're gonna be rough here and there but i had no problem sitting through this one whereas some of the tos ones i either wanted to nod off or change the channel so i definitely yeah this one a, was a little a long, but again, it's two episodes in one, so I had to give it that. But like, <laughs> it's the pilot; they have to kind of give you the the whole spiel, and yeah. you know, and they're introducing a whole new, you know, like seven or eight, nine different oh, characters. Yeah. You know, Q, which is who's going to run throughout the, the whole rest of the series, and and setting up kind of this whole like vibe of what TNG is. Yeah, that was an interesting choice to decide to start with not just the crew, but like here's a new character too that we're introducing outside of that, and I was like. Okay, and I knew him. I mean, I, I've seen enough of TNG to be like, I know that guy. I know that one. <laughs> like, yeah. That's Q, and I remember him, and so well, on. Too, so that was kind of neat, too. But um, As I was reading about this, you know, there was, like, pushback and forth. There was, like, well, do we just make it, you know, one hour, just a just a normal episode? Do we go out, go big, make it, like, a big pilot kind of feature-length thing? And I think originally the story was just going to be going to – uh, Deneb four and the whole kind of mystery at Farpoint, and then they're like, "Well, no, we need we need a little bit more." And then that's when I think Roddenberry came up with you know the whole Q thing and the trial of you know uh, humanity. putting humanity on trial and all that, which which it it does it does have a a feel of two separate episodes. It does. There's basically oh yeah, it definitely feels disjointed. For the first I enjoyed I enjoyed both episodes, but it definitely was like two episodes mashed together. It so. does. I mean. <laughs> 
and the first one, I, I, as much as I, I love this, and I still like Encounter at Farpoint. It's not the greatest. I mean, I, but again, it's setting up a lot of stuff, and you get a ton of information just in the first, you know, going through this. You know, you've got a new captain, you've got a new ship, it's, and you've got all these characters, and you've got to get some, you know, backstory on everybody. You've got stuff on, you know, Yar, and, and even the intro is so much more different. Yeah. Yeah. And this intro even changes between, I think, seasons one and three, I think. Because this intro starts with like going through the um, the Earth's uh, solar system, where later it's just like space anomalies. Generic. Yeah. Yeah, because they were further out in space. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, the general plot of this one is, um, you know, we've got Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, he is captaining the USS Enterprise-D. Uh, it's its maiden voyage, and their mission essentially is he's going to go pick up his crew, and he has to. Uh, th- there's a mystery at Farpoint Station. Uh, Senab Four is a planet that is kind of it wants to do business with the Federation, but it's like there's something weird going on, so they're they're trying to figure that out. And then of course we you get jolted with this like this godlike creature stops them and basically says, "You guys have gone too far. You're not ready for this. You, you know, humans suck." And your savages go back to where you came from, and you know they're put on on trial. But she's not wrong. But in the future, he's not supposed to be right. So, <laughs> well, but I we think suck. this is where you really see Picard. Like this is you know him. He's like, no, yeah, yes, we were savages hundreds of years ago. We're not that now. And I think yeah. you you see the the Kirk or the, the difference between Kirk and, and, and him. He's like, no, we're not just going to brazenly fight you where Kirk probably would. Yeah, um, he'd be yeah, like, don't call me names. Let me fire on you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as like as much of a tac- tactician as Kirk can be, um, I think Picard is definitely the more like level-headed, like let's logic this out kind of a thing. Right? Do you guys yeah, feel that? That's true, definitely. Yeah, it's not so much space cowboy. Don't call me a space uh, cowboy. Yeah, um, which is interesting because you know, as much as like, that's not you the know, space they, cowboy song that went in my head. But okay. I know there's a different one. Not an NSYNC fan, are you, Jeff? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no. I. Anyways, um, did you actually see the movie Space Cowboys with the four old? It's like Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones yeah. and Donald Sutherland. It's been a while. They pl- they play the NSYNC Space Cowboys one in that one when they're walking out. That's part of the reason that I know it. Oh, but, see, I, I know the, the old song, like, some people call me a space cowboy. Like, that's the yeah. song I remember. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> yes, I know, because your soul is, about, soul is about 80 years old. We're aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a middle-aged, balding man. Like, in, like inside, just, I'm 14 still. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get a lot of different... I mean, you just in the first, like, opening of this, you've got, like, the engine room is different. You've got... Men in skirts, which is those great, you know, skirt uniforms. Mini like. skirts, mini skirts. Um, but it's got to be it's, such a shock, too, because, I mean, in the first, like, 30 seconds when, like, uh, a Picard is going through the bridge and everything, you, like, you see Worf. Like, yeah. that's got to be yeah. like, oh, my God, a Klingon on the bridge. It's a freaking Klingon. Right? I was, I will, because, like I said, I've seen a lot of TNG scattered, but I haven't seen it from beginning on. I totally thought Worf was going to come in a little later at some point. I didn't realize he was there from... Like the get go, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, yep. they're all there. They're just not quite in their places yet. He holds the record for the most episode appearances. Yeah, that makes sense. Worf, Worf, yeah, between 
oh, TNG and Deep Space Nine and the movies. And well, it, yeah. he is kind of like their in a way. He's their reverse Spock because they were like, oh, if Data is their Spock. He's like, if we have one that's completely logical, then let's pick one that's completely the non-logical, essentially. Yeah. And, well, and they're and they're also trying to place the show in time because it's past the Kittimer Accords and we're at peace with the Klingons. It's hmm. about a hundred years after Kirk. Yeah, roughly. Or so, yeah, because yeah. we meet uh, one of the original cast in this, right? They have the Admiral come on, and Admiral I, I thought it was going to be Kirk, and then yeah. I was like, ah, it's McCoy. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Scatter me all over the universe. What's wrong with you? I'm like, <laughs> you, you sound like a Vulcan, but I don't see the pointy ears. <laughs> see the points yeah. on your ears, boy. <laughs> you sound yeah, like a Vulcan. Yeah, it was great. It's, um, I mean, it, it, it was a nice handoff because obviously w- what this came out in 87. Yeah. So that means what? I think Voyage five Home came out in 86. So this yeah, is between four and five. Yes, yeah, be between four and five. It's 91 yeah. was number six. It was six. Yeah. So, I mean, they're still around. It's, um, but it was, it was a nice kind of send off to the. And they comment that he's like 132 years old or something. Um, and according is, to Star Trek. Or yeah. that. At first, I went, and then I was like, well, no, like, if you compared life expectancies now to 100 years ago, it's gone up yeah. by 10, 20, 30 years. So who's to say that's not going to happen in the future, too? Like, it, Yeah, people live totally to 100 possible. now. Yeah, it's yeah. totally possible that we could live to 130 and 40 and 50 yeah, in the I future. Um, so, yeah, kind of the first out of the gate, we meet Q. Um, let's add him to the list of other godlike you know, creatures. We've are, met galaxy. are we tracking that godlike creatures? <laughs> godlike creatures. Um, yeah. So we meet him. Basically, he, you know, he says, "Well, and he's in full he, squire gear." I was like, "Oh, you look like the squire of Gothos." Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's a different squire of bullshit. So, if I'm understanding correctly, the the difference between him and the actual squire of bullshit is that because I know there's the debate about whether the squire was a Q, and we talked about that back. God, it feels like Way forever. Back. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, the the debate is obviously they seem to have similar powers and similar capabilities. But the squire had that thing in the wall that let him do it, that they were able to shoot and stop him. And obviously, it seems like the cues don't have that kind of device. Yeah, but the squire the had. Comes uh, but yeah, if you remember at the end of that that episode, he had parents who had that power too, and they were like an, a weird orb or something. That's true too. Yeah. So yeah. there is a book. I think it's called Q Squared, which Trelane is a member of the the Q. But you know, of course, are the books canon? Nah, I don't know. Who knows? Well, because yeah. from my perspective, it seems like he definitely would be. Like this is just a continuation. They they literally hint at that with him wearing this when he shows up, and then. But that's why I'm Maybe. wondering what the debate is. Is that the debate because he had that device that they were able to stop him or whatever? And I, I, so you're supposed to know this. You're my trekkies, man. Come on. Well, it's never it's never in the shows or the films. They don't ever state that. Yeah, it, is. it never comes up. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just a fan. It's look. If if you take that the books are canon, sure. Um, if not, then make your own own head canon. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um. No, but I I like just I mean because like I said just the whole thing with with Worf too because he's just there and no one's saying anything. So like I just imagine fans watching this being like, is there a cling on them? But like, why is what there a cling on there? Fuck? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> which is just funny. And then you've, you know, you've got data. Mm-hmm. He's the first Android. You've got, uh, Troy, who's, who's a half beta Zed. Um, and I actually, I just finished reading, um, is it the beta Zed or beta Zoid? Beta Zoid. The planet is beta. Oh, Zoid. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I just finished reading the autobiography of, uh, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, 
which gave kind of some context to this. So it was, it was actually pretty interesting um, on how he like led up to, because he's so different from from Kirk. Because Kirk is like you know early thirties captain, gung ho. Picard yeah. is like you know he's in his fifties. He he was captain of the Stargazer the, the Stargazer for like twenty years before this. So he's like a seasoned you know diplomat. He's like seen some shit. Um. So we get that they transport them to like a, um, a World War Three um, kind of looking setting where he's where Q is the like judge. He's gonna yep. judge them. Yeah. Yeah, they call it like the nuclear wars or something like that, something similar. Yeah, it's like World War Three, so it's like our 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 future. Um, but what's uh, what's his? Um, there's just like random people who pop up in 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 this episode, and one of the guys who is in kind of that World War Three setting uh, is uh, he's one he's like the the bailiff or like the like guard guy, Kerry uh, Tagawa. Um, he's he was in like Mortal Kombat. He played Shang Tsung in, in Mortal Kombat. He's been in like a ton of stuff, mm. but it's just random that he, he was in this. Interesting. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Anyways, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you like? Let's just kind of take all all the Q stuff as as like a, a topic first before we get to the kind of you know far point stuff. Like, what do you guys think about Q? I know we've obviously we we know because we've seen all the other episodes that he's, that he's in, but like seeing this one or, or David had, had you seen this before? I had not seen this specific episode. No, but like I said, I recognize Q cause I know he pops up later. So at least in TNG, I recognize that they're trying to solve one of their biggest issues, which was coming up with really cool shit and just tossing it out the window and not using it again. So like I said, it was kind of surprising to see them introduce Q this early. I thought he and Worf and some of these other interesting characters were going to show up a little later. And they were out the gate like, okay, we're running with this guy and we're going to go, which gives a little more credibility to the idea of the omnipotent beings that like, because I know he gets, he kind of gets attached to Picard and he's constantly popping back to the ship. Whereas instead in TOS, they were like super awesome, all powerful beings just disappear and never talk to us again. Like just never (laughs) making contact again. And so it was very nice that I saw that here. I like Q. I like the guy who plays Q. I like how he plays Q and kind of the personality he has. Don't get me wrong. Halfway through this, I was like, Picard's like, you're changing the rules. I'm like, he is changing the rules. What the fuck? <laughs> like, fuck you, like you guys are savages. And then he tries to do something and he stops him from doing it. I'm like, you can't stop him from doing it, man. You're supposed to be like the watcher here. Just shut up and sit down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what we get to, which sadly, we, I think this is only like the first of maybe two or three times we see it, but we actually see the battle bridge and the saucer separation. This only oh, happens say, like man, three times. Picard, yeah, they pull out all Picard the stops. Seems real itchy to separate the ship. He's like, "Hey, we can go in two. I was like, "Okay." It seems a well, little but premature, but well, no, because right. he, he he dumps all the families onto the saucer, and then he takes on you know the battle bridge. We see we we get um, Miles O'Brien, even though he does not have a name yet. Okay, but, so this was the there. one I was going to say. We see engineer. What's his O'Brien? Yeah, yeah we see Chief yeah. O'Brien. So is he supposed to be playing the same character and he ends up on DS9 later? Or was it just the actor ended up getting a bit part in this first? and Same character, but he doesn't have a name yet. Said, he... Yeah, he won't get a name for a few more episodes. No, but I mean, like, for instance, when he's on DS9, do they ever make any kind of reference to the fact that he was on the Enterprise? Do they oh, yeah. link that yeah, character yeah. That's together part at of all? His, it's okay. part of his story, yeah. I didn't oh, yeah, know no, if it was going to be one of those, oh, you just don't remember him kind of thing, and they were going to hope that everybody let it go. Oh, no, no, this <laughs> no, isn't his... No. 
this isn't his only episode. He's in like multiple episodes across multiple seasons. So they do call him O'Brien at some point during the season. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll he's be the, Chief O'Brien. Transporter Chief. Gotcha. Yeah. And oh, yeah. he'll, he'll appear yeah, across I've, all I've seen Lower Decks. He's the most generation. important character in all of Star Trek. That's true. <laughs> Don't doubt yeah. Miles O'Brien. Um, yeah, we get the saucer separation, which again, we only see, I think, two more times. What, Best of Both Worlds and Generations? Yeah, I was going to say, one yeah, of the movies, they I remember it. they do it and yeah. crash it. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, because too, if, if you listen to some of the dialogue from TOS episodes... Supposedly, the original Enterprise could split, too. Like, they, they talked yeah, about it. Supposed to be able to, yeah. And this is the first time that they show it. Um, yeah. Dude, the Battle Bridge Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't saying it's not, a, it wasn't a good idea, but he seemed very itchy to do it. He was like, I want to see this thing go apart. Well, if you have if you have over 1,000 people on board, and you can guarantee that, like, 850 or 900 of them will be safe, then you do, do it. it. What always gets me is is, in this show, or any other show, is when... Like, you know, a Picard is like, I'm going to do something very dangerous. And, and, you know, Data's like, well, there's only a 1% probability of that. You have to be perfect. And like, of course they're going to do it perfect. Cause there's then no margin. Yeah. Yeah. The ship, yeah. And then there's no Zero show. margin. Like, of course, it's like when, when, when Riker comes on later and, you know, Picard's like, I want you to manually redock the saucer. And they're like, oh my God, no one's ever done this before. Like, yeah. of course he's going to do it perfectly. Of course he is. Huh. You're trained, right? I don't like, know. Something like that. Now. I was like, he could end up doing it and like, it's a little wonky the rest of the show. <laughs> just offset a little bit <laughs> like one of his uh like one of the hubcaps is like bent or yeah, something. Just, <laughs> we, we over rotated and tweaked it a little bit sorry guys um who else we got we got tasha yar so as a security chief very different because they didn't really have a security chief on tos yeah i will definitely yeah. say i don't think i saw any of the episodes she's in or at least I don't remember any of them. So I'm pretty sure the repeats that I saw when I was a kid were season three and past or whenever she falls in the tar pit. But, and I know that one because people have made <laughs> memes about it and everything. She rolled a one. I, so I'll, I'll be honest. I, I never really liked Tasha Yar. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to give it, to give her a shot now. Cause I, I, I haven't watched the first season of this in a long, long time. Um, but I never really liked her before, um, so I'm interested to kind of see what I can get from it now. Um, I think part of why she left, it. yeah, oh yeah, no, she's gorgeous. Um, but I think part of why she left is because, like, I think it was part of like her her agent said, like, this isn't going anywhere. You need to get off the show or something. And then she left, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, seven seasons later, but she she comes back. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't care. I've never really cared for Tasha's character, but uh-huh. all of the reincarnations of it. Have been really good. Yeah, I liked her in yesterday's Enterprise. Preferred, Dave. Yeah, yesterday that was really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, just wait. You'll see. Oh, just just wait. Spoilers. So, well, there's. um, Okay, I just have to know. Only spoiler. Does she get re the reincarnations? Do they happen in TNG or is it like other seasons bring her back somehow? Kind of like TOS did with a bunch of their guys. It's uh, yes, it's an it, it involves, yes across the board. It involves time travel. <laughs> oh, okay. So does it happen in TNG or no? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. it's in all yeah. TNG. She'll have. Yeah, I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out exactly how many years I gotta wait for the shiz. Yeah, she comes <laughs> up in uh, Lower Decks. That's that's what it is. No, she has not. You lying <laughs> sack of shit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we get her. We got Troy. I. I'll, I'm. I'm gonna say this on on a record. Um. I always like Troy. It, um, in a uniform, 
I never liked any other like casual ones. I loved her in a uniform. She looks great mm-hmm. in a uniform. But she wears it, I think, in this episode, and then maybe not to like season six. She wears like a full-on uniform. Yeah, when she makes when she goes for commander and she starts wearing an actual uniform again. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's it's when um, Jellico comes on. He's like, all members of my crew wear uniforms, and he, and he makes her wear a uniform. Yeah. But she looks great in uniform, especially yeah, it's, well, especially when she makes a commander. Stupid Jellico. Anyways, keep going. Um, so we get that. It's definitely interesting what cues, um, because most of the other TOS episodes we don't get a lot of like, you know the 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 godlike creature says, oh we're we're above you, we're going to turn into an energy cube and float away. This is like we actually get Q explaining like you guys suck, and there's no proof that you're going to get yeah. any better. Yeah, it's not very nice. He's 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 a meanie. Um, he's a dick. He's a dick. Um, so we get that. That's kind of where Q's at. And then basically he says, "Okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance. Um, you've got a mission coming up. Let's see how you do on this mission, and then well, you know, we'll go from there." When well, he does put kind of that cheeky spin on it, where I think it's Picard was like, "Yeah, we're even right now. We're trying to do a mission a piece," and he's like, "Ha, okay, we'll play it out the way you want it to." Sure. And I was like, "Okay." That kind of tracks, like, like, haha, we'll do it the way you want. Yeah, like, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, mission piece, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of it's interesting, too, too because... Poke him over and over. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because we, um, even with TOS and the other films, obviously it showed um, our future, like, you know, several hundred years. What are you guys smiling about? I almost knocked my microphone. Jeff being a klutz. <laughs> uh, <I was laughs> no. That'd be David being a klutz. David. David. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, David being a klutz. Be fair to Jeff. Yeah. Jeff can be a klutz, but it wasn't this time. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so obviously, Star Trek shows us our future, but it never really showed us kind of our immediate future. You know, like, so obviously we, when this shows us, like, oh, that's World War Three from the early 21st century, that's kind of where we are now. And so it's like, we're supposed to be in, like, World War Three by now. Yeah. Which, who knows? Cross our fingers. 2020 is not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> still got a few tricks up its sleeve. It still might. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we get that, and then we also start, which then it kind of does this weird segue into Riker, babyface Riker. Uh, yeah. It is. I was like, holy crap, that man is smooth. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in more ways than one, good sir. He is. He is a smooth operator. Smooth operator. It's kind of funny too, because I think in season two is when he grows the beard, and then later on he makes the comment like, "Oh, I grew it because people kept calling me a baby face or something." And I think that's actually partially true. I think people did call Frakes that because he looks very young, even when he shaves it like oh, in yeah. a, uh, insurrection. He looks like he's a very handsome man with or without the beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, so we got uh, Riker on Denim 4. He's, you know, we kind of get some weird, mysterious things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the actor who's playing Grappler, which is a weird, it's like a title. Grappler? Grappler, yeah. Grappler? It's like a, it's like. He's like a prime minister. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird name. Uh, so it's, it, it's uh, <laughs> he's played by uh, Michael Bell, yeah. which if you recognize his voice, I mean, he's like, he was did like the original G.I. Joe cartoon, the Transformers cartoon. He was on Sonic. Uh, he's in DuckTales, Voltron. Like he's, you know, huge voice actor, uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels, um, all kinds of shit. So, I mean, he's been around. Yeah, I think and he has a couple more appearances in Star Trek. 
It'll yeah. appear in all the DS9 episodes, too. Oh. We might have passed something that I remember is when the, the Enterprise is sent off on their mission. Isn't it sent off by that fat ship we saw in the TOS episodes? The one that, that uh, Sulu was commanding in the six? Yeah. Is, don't you see like it gets the like... fat ship? Yeah, when... Um, we don't fat McCoy shame come... ship here. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when McCoy comes over on the shuttle, isn't he coming over from the Excelsior? I remember seeing a shot it's... of the two of them and being like, I know that ship. I think that's the Excelsior. It's the hood. It's it's an Excelsior class. It's an Excelsior ship. class, yeah. But it's oh, a fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So that doesn't actually. So all this Q stuff happens in like the first thirty minutes, and yeah. then once they get to Denim Four, that's when the stuff with you know McCoy because he comes over to do an inspection, and then that's oh, when they meet okay. the other ship. I think it's the hood. I want. Yeah, to say. it is. The hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. we get that. We get Will, Will Riker. We meet Doctor Crusher. Uh, we meet Wesley Crusher. I I never liked Wesley. I just never did, ever. I kind of like his character. I, you guys I, are mean. Does not surprise me. Your entire <laughs> fandom is mean. That's just what I'm chalking it up to. I, I was a Wesley Crusher fan. I still am. I liked his character. I related a lot to it. I don't. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong. I get why the captain's always annoyed with him, but like, I kind of <laughs> like his character. He's like a little boy genius or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's what they're going for. They're they're kind of going for that like younger boy. Like, oh, I want to be on the bridge yeah. of, the, of the Enterprise, kind of like but fan he, base. Like he kind of, he like has, fan. but he had the it's skills probably, to back it up. It's yeah. probably how I would be if I was a kid because I was very adept at machines and stuff. I'd be like, I want to be on the bridge. I want to go see the bridge. Like I want to go mm-hmm. do the, like, yeah. but and I would annoy the shit out of everybody on the Enterprise. I guarantee you. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He would. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I was jealous. Maybe that's what it was. I just I never liked his story. And I mean, obviously, his story gets weird later yeah. on. True. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. So we we meet that. We learn that Crusher he know she knows Picard because Wesley is very subtle and says Picard brought my dead dad back. Yeah, my father's yeah. which which always the, which always evokes the image in my head of of Picard just like slinging Jack Crusher over his shoulder and like ringing the front doorbell like. Ding dong! Yeah, the front door, or it's like it, it's like Scotty in uh, Rathacon when he's carrying that like that young ensign, his his nephew up yeah. to the bridge. That's he what I picture. Down on the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we meet Jordy LaForge. Um, he's not chief engineer yet. He's blind. He's blind. Kind of. But can see more than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I always did like that. Whoever came up with him with that visor and the whole very good writer. That person was a very good creator because that takes some out of the box thinking to come up well, with. I think they wanted to like, I think part of what like Waterbury wanted to do was show people, you know, had disabilities. Like obviously people can still be born blind or deaf or whatever, but that, but there is something in the future that can help. No, totally. Yeah. It's the future. So we've overcome that kind of stuff. Um, so we meet all of them. I think that's the full cast, right? Is that everybody so far? Yeah. Yes. That's everybody. Okay. That's our main crew. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So the other thing that's weird is I know when, well, and data. Well, yeah. You said data. data. I mentioned data. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, what was I going? Oh, so when, when, when Riker comes on board is, uh, Yar takes him up to the bridge, and he and 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 she's like, "Oh, the captain wants you to watch these screens." And it's that same old thing where they 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 just show the episode back to him, and and you're like, "Well, yeah, this is the break. This is the break in the broadcast where when you were watching in syndication, this was part two. 
Oh, like right when he starts watching it. That's yeah. So it gives you the recap of what happened in part one in case you didn't uh, see it. Smart. That's smart. I but it. I, that, that still freaks me out because they, they would do that in TOS. I'm like, so is, there's just cameras on in the Enterprise all the time. Because it's two episodes, Jeff. Big, big Brother, we're always watching you. They are watching. Um, yeah, so he gets that and they, they reunite the ship and then that's basically, and then of course, you know, so they have to, you know, figure out the mystery of Farpoint. And uh, Picard's a, he's a hard ass in this first episode. He definitely mellows out, but he, he's a hard ass. Yeah, he war- he warms up to everybody a little bit there towards the end. But yeah, at the beginning, he's like, especially when he's giving him, when he's telling him to go reconnect the saucer and the star drive manually. And he's like, yeah. now, Commander, let's go. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're signed in, you're trained, they, they right? They definitely okay. have their little pissing contest of like, he wants to test him and make sure he'll do what he says. But then at the yeah. same time, after he tests him and realizes he's like, because he, he gives him that whole thing about like, oh, and I love that too, where his first question is like, oh, you didn't want the captain beaming down to the planet. And he's like, yeah, that feel like that's an unnecessary risk. And I'm just laughing inside after all the times we've seen Kirk and Mac- like the three main people go down. I'm like, eh, he's got a point. Yeah. But he was like, yeah. And then you need to, you know, also save me from killing all the children on the ship. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. Well, I think he, de- well, and that's the thing with, with any f- first pilot show or first season is like, you know, everyone's kind of figuring their characters out or they they kind of have to like settle down. But I mean, I feel like everyone's very different in this compared to like, you know, even season three. It just yeah. seems kind of disjointed to me. From yeah, the beginning. Everybody, everybody's definitely trying to find their footing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, then they're, you know, everyone's coming together. Like, you know, we, we learn that Riker and Troy know each other from something. You know, obviously, yeah, they were, obviously they the were sparks intimate. between them are immediate. Like the moment they see each other, you see the music like yeah and i it's one of those things i wish it would have gotten explored further and we have a couple of books about it um yeah what's that there's a book called mzadi called mzadi yeah yeah Yeah, and it and it it covers a lot of that history and what happened and but yeah they they kind of bring it up the first couple of episodes and then they never talk about it again oh really they don't develop that at all nope they become kind of like very close friends yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, it does, like, when they meet Thomas Riker, it kind of comes up again. It's, it, like, there's, like, tidbits. Yeah, it does fill in, they eventually will fill in some gaps about how they drifted apart and what happened with their relationship, but it's not a full-on, like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, so, I mean, as much as, okay, so obviously TOS is very, uh, as episodic. It's very, like, this happened in, you know, 42 minutes and we never speak of it again. Yeah. Um, TNG's Kind of like that, more or less. There's some carryover. That, you know, obviously Q comes back. There's stuff with you know character development with Crusher and Picard, and but you know, of course, that that's over seven seasons. Um, yeah. And there's some some two parters um, that come in there as well. So I mean, you get a little bit of that. Obviously, it's more episodic, um, which like Voyager. Um, yeah, it's definitely weird, it's it's definitely not like DS9, which is very arc driven. Yeah, and I guess DS9 is kind of the only arc-driven show. Like even Enterprise Voyager, they're all episodic. Yeah, for the most Discovery. part. Yeah, which is funny because everyone complains about. I want more episodic. You're like, dude, you've got five series that are hundreds like of episodes. Of, yeah, so, go watch know. all the old shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just Discovery and a Picard that have long story arcs, and they're ten episodes. I mean, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so that's get, just how we, shows have developed over the years, too. But yeah, yeah, that's just how storytelling. Uh, that's how TV is now. 
let alone yeah, back it's, and that and that's a direct di- direct difference from how we watch TV too. Of course, Picard is going to have a long story arc because it's binge culture. We get everything out at the same time or very quick and people tend to watch it all together. Whereas back when these came out, it was that night, that time you watched it and you were done. Well, that's, like, and that's <laughs> one of the reasons I like ER so much is because everybody lost their shit in the 90s when you had ER, which has huge season long arcs and constant stuff going on. And that's what finally drove executives to realize, oh, hey, we can make this a must see show. So if you don't, if you're not there Thursday night at 10 o'clock to see this episode, you're going to be lost for the next couple you're of missing weeks. Missing out. And you're going to, yeah, and, and the office water cooler talk, you're going to miss out. I guess that's true. Because TV and movies have learned so much from comics these days. I mean, man, they were doing large story arcs in the 70s and 80s with comics of yeah, like huge, huge crossover events and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was a long time ago. And even just today, just with the Marvel, like those of you that think the MCU is this amazing thing because they've crossed them all over. It is, but it's nothing compared to what they've done in the comic books. Like, And what I see coming down the line is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Crisis on, on Infinite Earth, they've done Marvel DC crossovers. I mean, and those came out oh, once yeah. a month. You know, and, and those Star Wars, you know, span years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Doom, Doom, <laughs> Doom Patrol and uh, the Harley Quinn show got picked up for season threes. I'm very excited. I saw that. Like yes, I'm very happy. Um, okay, those we learned a little bit about Jordy. So Jordy has a visor. He's been blind since he was born. Um but apparently is causing him. I I don't think I remember this. But he's he's in like neural pain all the time because of his visor. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come up a couple of times when he talks about constantly having headaches and stuff from it or yeah. whatever. Because it it's a plot point in some future episodes. I think when like he gets dizzy or yeah something else happens. Yeah, like, kind of you kind of know something's up if his visor starts in. going yeah. on the fritz or something happens. You kind of like know something's going canary. on. Yeah, that's like our canary in the coal mine. Oh, oh, Jordy's visor, you know, Jordy's got a twinge. Something's up. Yeah, Data's but acting up for his visor. That is smart writing too. Put stuff in there that you can use later to be like, oh, this is a way to complicate the character or something, because then it feels much more organic and natural, instead of like all of a sudden him being like, ow, I'm always in pain, but it's worse, and people would be like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Plus, they had to fill two episodes, so. Well, and 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 I um. <laughs> Because they're giving little bits of I I know you're just fucking saying that just to mess with me. And I'm, I'm trying to ignore it. Trying to ignore it. One episode. Um, but they're they're giving little tidbits of like character development for each one. You know, like Crusher has lost her, her husband. You know, Jordy's uh, blind. Data. But it is it is such it's fully a, functional. You know, well, find out of the next one. Yeah. <laughs> But he makes the Pinocchio comment of like, I'd give it all up to be a human. And it's like, okay, so you understand his, his thing. And this is something, if you take any kind of writing classes at all, they talk about plant those seeds early, even if you don't use them, because it's going to feel much better later on to you. So absolutely. Well, and then we get to, and and this is what, what makes it, um, holodecks seem to be a very, a, a fairly new, um, technology because even Riker is like amazed by it. He, he finds data on, on the holodeck and in like a, you know, a forest. And even he's like, Oh, this is so cool. I've never seen this before. Yeah. Which is because, you know, holodecks are so standard now through DS9 Voyager and everything else. Yeah. Used for all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Uh, we get the interaction with, with McCoy, which is great. Um, I'm glad that, that they picked McCoy. I, I heard they were trying to get Shatner, but of money 
Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Okay. But but they got McCoy, which is great. Um, but yes, he does come over on an Excelsior-class ship. Let me show it. Um, it is this, – this episode is very – Long? It's almost like three episodes because <laughs> you've got all the Q stuff, all the yeah. four points. Two stuff. episodes. Well, and then, but then you've also kind of got the intermixing of the new crew stuff. So you've got like it's like three separate. Like it's like it, well, yeah. you know, you, you've one, got two, the Q three. stuff. Yeah. You've got the the Deneb four far point stuff. You've got crew introductions and how everybody's backgrounds all at once, which is yeah. heavy. That's a heavy load to it's carry through the episode because it's eight characters. Yeah. So you're you're trying to di- digest all this plus have a cohesive story going on. It, it's a lot. Yeah, to try and hook people too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I think one of my favorite parts is when Riker like stumbles into sick bay or something, and he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to find Commander Data," and she she like, "Oh, you just touch on the the, the computer and 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 it'll find you and it like guides you." Yeah. And then oh, as he's, Jack. and then <laughs> as as he's leaving, she totally checks out his ass. Yeah, she gives him the long look. Oh, that is a long look. Well, he is a tall drink of water, good sir. <laughs> I just thought it was awesome. The fact and that she, they she that even does game. like the little eyebrow raise, like, hmm. Not undeserved. I, I has a yeah. snack. Well, and and these uniforms are not the most uh, flattering, but uh, hey. Apparently they still, were doing the trick for her. Still looks pretty good. Uh, so we get that. We get Wesley falls into the water. But then, of course, he should be dry once he comes out of it because it's holographic water. Just, <laughs> did, did, did no one else catch that? Anyone? Yeah, but uh, it's just like a replicator. It depends it on, doesn't, I was yeah, going to say, it depends on how holographic works. You could get very much into the nitty-gritty on that one. I could argue both sides. Yeah, it turns <laughs> the water is basically replicated, so he's going to be soaked. It doesn't matter. No, but then there's the time where they do the whole Moriarty Sherlock thing, and he throws like a snow globe out of the door, and it just vapor, you know, like vaporizes. Yeah. Or like, or or the Doctor on Voyager puts his arm out, and it, vap- and it it's gone. Like, mm-hmm. so it should be gone. Science. It's not. Once he, oh, you mean once he walks out of the holodeck? Yeah, it should. Be. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. he walks oh. out, he, he should be be dry. I thought like, you were talking about while he was in the holodeck. I'm like, no, oh, he'd be. Yeah. You'd be wet. No, but you but you have stuff like that, like food and things like that, which are actually replicated. It's not just holographic. No, I know. Um, I'm I'm just being a, a, a nitpicky. It's all you can have like a, you can have like a picnic the on the holodeck, and yeah, you're full. It's all the Matrix. It's all the Matrix. <laughs> um, so part of the mystery of Denim Four is that like people say like, oh, I I could really go for a, a piece of fruit, and then, like this randomly this fruit appears, or Crusher's like, I really want some fabric, and then some fabric appears. Which then gets charged to her account. Yeah, which they find out through that station, right? All of a sudden, the station is like made that is perfect, but they don't want to answer any questions about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they try to ask it. the just people, and they're it. like, "No, no, just enjoy yeah. it." It's fine. It's, it's, it's like if you go to fine. Vegas, don't don't ask too many detailed questions because you won't like the answer. The you don't want yeah. you don't want to know how the sausage is made. I promise you, that's, you don't. I, that's what I kept thinking through the whole episode. Is like you don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> what creatures we had to yeah anyways no um so basically yeah so uh Riker does an away mission they kind of explore it it looks weird and then suddenly this other like very classic saucer alien ship arrives yeah which they had to have known they, they were going for classic UFO yeah that's war of the world shit that's absolutely like right oh yeah there. <laughs> and um so it starts firing on them and it kidnaps the 
uh, grappler guy. And then they figure out basically that um, this is an alien who is pissed off and they go and they learn that basically the it's partner alien is the same thing up in the sky. So like the people on Denim four kidnapped this, or they found this dying alien and saved it. And that's what created the city and gives them like whatever they, they want. And it's, it's partner is come back and it's pissed. Yeah. yeah. They're so basically it to, holding it. Yeah. yeah. And this is kind it. of, yeah. yeah. And this is kind of the test that Q's talking about. He's like, cause he, he kind of nudges him. He's like, Oh, you should just shoot at it. It's fine. But a part is like, no. You want to kill it, don't you? Eh, oh, we don't. Eh, eh, yeah. Eh. It's like, uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that here. Yeah. And so, but of course, up a card being him, he's like, no, we're going to, he actually gives it like some energy and it turns back into an alien and, you know, flies away. He's like, so he saved a life, which yeah. is his, his point overall. He's trying to say that humanity has come so far. We're trying to save lives and, and be explorers, not just try to kill shit. Not be dicks yeah. like you, Q. Damn Q. <laughs> Um, but then Q basically says, you know, we're going to keep an eye on you. Um, this isn't the last you've seen of me and it definitely isn't. And I, I mean, I don't think they planned this, but this is probably one of the biggest like story arcs through the whole series. I mean, this is it. Q coming back. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. So, which is why I think all good things is such a great, it's still my favorite uh, series finale. Even though I haven't seen it. Yeah, the way it ties everything. Oh yeah. Um, but that's basically it. We get a lot of stuff. We get, um, I'm definitely appreciating Troy more. I never liked her as a kid because I just didn't get it. I was like, well, she's feeling stuff. That's weird. Well, I was just saying, it's kind of funny because that's their, it's like almost like she's their tricorder. They're like, oh, something weird. Deanna, how do you feel? Yeah. Like, like they'll just like stare at her. From it? What do you say? Nah, I can't from blame it? her. Like, can't blame anybody there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I saw I saw a supercut on YouTube where they had like a supercut of all of her stuff responses, and every time she's been like, "I'm not sure, I can't tell," <laughs> like to, to kind of indicate they're shielding how from me. Her tuna, yeah. who, like using her as a tuning fork is not a very smart idea. But I was surprised, like in the in just these three episodes alone, they they must have done it a dozen times. How do you feel, Diana? What are you feeling from this? What, what do you sense from them? Yeah, they kind of overplay it a bit here, and it does mellow itself out a bit as we go forward. Because well, she says several times too that she can only sense very strong emotion, and then there's several other times when she senses things that either aren't emotion or aren't very strong. Like, oh, they're a little confused, and I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it kind of even or they it goes up and down, I think. And there's even an episode where she loses her, her ability and like it's it's like a whole thing. And, well, and then of course she gets like, you know, she gets like like mentally raped too at some point as well. Oh uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in this. Well, um, it wouldn't be trick if somebody wasn't forcing somebody on something. That's true. <laughs> um but that's kind of it. That's um that's encounter at Farpoint. Um, you know, it definitely sets up I think like, like I said, it's that we're establishing them that there it's a different kind of type of exploration. We're not just going to try and, you know, uh, destroy stuff where we are out here to find strange new worlds and new, you know, life forms and all that. Yep. Uh, David, what did you think about this one? I, I did not mind it. I mean, it, two hours is a long time for an episode. So, uh, it, an hour and a half. Okay. All right. Anyway, I don't I don't remember what the runtime on it was, but I remember yeah, it being close to ninety two minutes. Hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> it but was it, five it was hours. a long time. 
It was a long time for an episode. Like you said, it's a lot of plot packed into it. But it's it's like 94, if we are 94 years. <laughs> <laughs> but they did a pretty good job of packing in all the storylines and all the introductions. You feel like you've got a decent grip on who the characters are moving forward and such. Um, Devometer. I'm going to adjust the Devometer. Obviously, we got to we got to go from TOS standards up because by TOS standards is like a 9.5. So yeah. I got to crank it up to, 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 to what like, I remember. <laughs> yeah, from what I remember there being of TNG plus some of the Voyager and some of that stuff, just kind of based off that, I'm going to put this at a solid five. I'm going to put it right down the middle. I think okay. it was good. It it's was a fair. little wordy. It was a little, had it had its slowness, but I think it was okay. Yeah. Um, but I it's honestly, fair. I enjoyed it more than any of the, pretty much any of the TOS, except for maybe the fourth movie. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it much more, but yeah, you get a good look at all the, all the cast. I thought it was a very good opening episodes. I think it's definitely a lot. <laughs> Cause like, you know, you've got to introduce all new characters, new villains, new timeline, you know, new technologies, like all the stuff. And, and you're trying to bring in this fan base that's been around, but like, but to try and bring in new people too. Um, yeah. so I think it was definitely, it's, it was, a, um, I, I think my the juggling only... happened. They did it well. Yeah. <laughs> My criticism of, I think, the first season primarily is it was trying to be too much TOS. They were trying to be like, you know, let's reuse some scripts. I think this is, you could take this and make this a TOS episode if you put it back in the 60s. Like, this could have been a TOS, you know, can you see Trelane being like, oh, you, you guys are on trial. There's a whole, you know, like, it's, it's the whole same thing. Yeah, fair enough. That's so true. I think, I think once they kind of got, because, you know, I think Roddenberry passed in like season three or four you get some new writers because then there were some writer issues with uh, Gates McFadden. That's why she left for season two. Um, I think once they kind of settled down, I think it got better. It got, the, the, there's other issues, but I think it got better after that where they kind of let, they kind of veered off Roddenberry's vision a little bit. I'll take your word for it, but I can definitely see the TOS imprint at this point. It's very yeah. apparent. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was going to bring up too was uh, unfortunately once Gene Roddenberry passes. There's a for me. There's a marked improvement in the show, and I don't know what the cause of that is or was, but that kind of seems to be the defining line of when things ramp up and get much better. Yeah, and I don't think it's. I, I think just. I think people cling to the whole, you know, Roddenberry's vision, and yes, and that he did have a vision, but it doesn't mean it's the best, and it, it can't be changed upon and, and adapted over time. Um, but I think because one of his big things was that, oh, the, the crew never argues with us. Like there's no internal arguments. Um, it's always supposed to be external arguments. Like, oh, we're introducing a new species. That's the problem. Like there's no uh, a Picard mm-hmm. and Data fighting. Conflict, yeah. Yeah, which is Except weird because – Boy and Spock do that all the time. That's yeah. all they do. <laughs> I mean they're kind of jabbing at each other, but there's conflict there. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things I like about Discovery is that there is conflict. Not everyone is super happy, but I think what th- the vision is supposed to be is us overcoming conflict. Not that there's not any. It's just that we can move past it and get better at it. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, th- I think that, there always will be. Yeah. And it's just how it's handled. Yeah. Well, and, and, and a lot of TOS was looking at the military currently then. Like we said it uh, several times, it feels like a submarine show or a like yeah. people on a destroyer at sea. And that's very much the military is like, you can express different opinions, but when push comes to shove, there's the chain of command and you do what you're supposed to do unless you're yeah. Kirk. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is and this is a very eighties show too, especially the first season. It feels very eighties, even though it's in the future. It it just has like an eighties vibe to it. At least for me, it does. I mean, it does, but the lack of like turning knobs and stuff, like the they make it even when. I think it's at one point the two guys sitting in the front move up and out. Like they swing the things out and stand up yeah. the consoles well, it's, that they're at. And then they swing them back. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. And then the fact that it's touch screen, but just that also, I was like, that felt very futuristic even for now. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty good. Cause if well, we were I mean, to design a spaceship right now, I guarantee you it wouldn't have touch screens. Like, well, no, <laughs> it's the, not reliable. The, uh, what do you mean? The, the SpaceX one that just like went the up dra- all touch the screen. dragon is full of touchscreens. That's all it is. There's is no, there's, there's all very few phys- physical controls on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was not aware of that. I thought touchscreens was still too unreliable. Nah. They did know. great. Well, apparently know. not. They I mean, it's and... great for your iPad if you're listening to music or watching a video, but in the life or <laughs> death situation on a spaceship, I didn't think it was. Well, that. hopefully this still works. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, Phil, what's your I know you kind of had like a recap, but what's what's your recap of of Encounter at Farpoint? Yeah, I, I, it it feels like home. It's it's one I of know. those. It's every time you see it, it's like, oh yeah, we're we're here. It's good. Um, but yeah, it got done what it needed to do. There was a story in there. We got a nice introduction to all these friggin' characters, and you kind of get a background on a little bit of background on everybody, to kind of figure out where they're coming from. And I mean it. Is it the best plot of a show ever out there? Probably not. But for what it was and what it needed to do and to get the old fans interested and to capture some new fans when it came out, um, it accomplished what it needed to do. So Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, it was good. I, I still like it. I, I you know I, I mean obviously I, I haven't seen a few of the other actually I think I've seen all the other premiere episodes. But I still like because this is still TNG is still my favorite. It, it, it it's always going to be my favorite. Yeah. Um. But it's good. I you know. But I'm excited for where we're gonna. It's so weird coming out of TOS and the films. We're like, dude, this is seven seasons. It's like 170 something episodes. We're gonna be doing this for like I think a year and a half. Just TNG. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully we don't get burnt out. <laughs> hopefully. We'll see. Well, and and I don't we'll think see. so. And <laughs> and there's lots of changes and stuff as seasons go on and things that happen and. Yeah, I mean, it's TNG is one of those shows you can I can turn on BBC America when they're having a marathon and yeah. reel off four or five episodes in a row and not even think about it. And from whatever season they happen to be on. Yeah, which makes yeah. sense because that's me in the Bond films. I love them all the way back to Dr. No. So like on Thanksgiving, yeah. you do the this the whole the marathon, marathon thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know what part of it I'm going to catch, but I have it on at some point during that day and just watch it. See it. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but that's it for, yeah, for Encounter at Farpoint. Um, we're into TNG now. We've got a lot to go. Um, any parting thoughts you guys got or we're good? One down, 175 more to go. One. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, all right, Phil or Dave, why don't you do our thing and then we'll be out of here. You got it. Yeah, and check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to all of our social medias. You can see the new Meet the Nerds section. You can go buy our shit at Cafe Press. Uh, please. Please do that. Please do that. Uh, and if you're as excited as we are to now be in TNG, go to wherever you listen to this podcast and they are casted to give us a five-star rating and review and we'll read it out on the air at some point. But we definitely want to hear from you guys. Uh, definitely do. Yeah, definitely. We would love to hear from fans. Um, that's it for us. We will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Hey, hope.